I was one of the hundreds of people who gathered in downtown Cleveland this Saturday to demand an immediate ceasefire in Gaza. We all met at Public Square, encircled by a radius of police cars, probably for protection, possibly for containment. I recently moved to the area from Toronto just a few weeks ago, right around the time mass violence broke out in Israel and Palestine. Watching everything unfold from a distance, I felt disconnected and isolated, left to simmer in a private, suburban outrage, unable to process my grief in any meaningful form of community. Maybe that's how I found myself in that crowd on Saturday. As half Turkish and half Jewish American, the last few weeks have been profoundly upsetting and confusing, to say the least. Part of this stems, I think, from the way the media has covered the conflict. After Hamas attacked and killed hundreds of Israelis on October 7th, almost like clockwork, we saw the same adjectives circulating in all headlines all over the world. Unprecedented, murderous, even barbaric. Echoing the Israeli ambassador to the U.S., President Biden has described the attacks as Israel's 9-11, and we're told that this was the deadliest day for Jews since the Holocaust. The subtext here is clear. This is not just an attack on Israel. This is an attack on all Jewish people, and that unprecedented violence demands an unprecedented response, or a, quote, mighty vengeance, as Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu has put it. Now, I don't mean to suggest for a second that the way the media has characterized Hamas's violence is untrue. But truth isn't just about presenting a set of facts. It's about presenting the full story, in context, in history. For example, we don't hear the Israeli attacks on Gaza described as unprecedented or barbaric, even though Israel has already killed four times more Palestinians than the number of Israelis killed by Hamas. Instead, Major media outlets report on the Israeli bombardment of Gaza using passive, statistical language. We hear of Palestinian casualties, of an escalating death toll. We don't hear U.S. officials comparing these attacks to the Nakba of 1948. Instead, we hear U.S. officials calling for a mild restraint. What we are seeing unfold in the media is a process the Jewish anti-Zionist thinker Noam Chomsky calls manufacturing consent. As a public, as international observers, we're being primed to tolerate and consent to Israel's collective punishment of the Palestinian people trapped in Gaza. As Jews, we're being asked to turn a blind eye to the murder of innocent Palestinians for the supposed protection of the Jewish people. Well, I do not consent. I will not let Israel wipe out entire Palestinian families in my name. And the people I spoke to on Saturday at the protest don't consent either. What inspired you to come out today? Well, uh, start with the double standard that we have seen when anybody in the government will talk about Ukraine, it's all humane. When it's Gaza, it's okay, kill a few thousands. Or like one of the, I think, senators says in Fox News, make it one parking lot. I have kids, and I've seen the images that I've seen. And 
I was wondering how many lives need to be taken so the West and the media would turn an eye into it. To the people who don't have a voice, to the people who are just being killed, children, mothers, fathers, for no reason other than where they live and who they are. And that's it. Because they don't have a voice. We're just here trying to represent them. Mm-hmm. And let people, you know, acknowledge and be aware that we're here for them. The feeling that we're so far away that we can't, we can't do anything, the feeling of hopelessness, it drives me to want to come out here and feel like I'm at least, even if it only did just a little bit, I don't want to, like, look back at this time and feel that I didn't do even the littlest bit that I could have done. I think that the liberation of the Palestinian people is near and dear to me, especially as a black person in America, and fighting for our causes and for their liberation. Any bit I can do and contribute is essential to me being in solidarity with our people. Mm-hmm. Like, this is really like just the least we could do to try and inch towards uh, liberation for Palestinians. Like it feels, it feels like we're powerless and we can't do anything about it. But uh, protests like these, like really, just help to send a message to people, power, people in positions of power. Because really, nothing's gonna change until the people in positions of power change their ideologies, which is uh, gonna happen over generations. So, like, constant pressure needs to be applied. A constant pressure like this needs to be applied to even have a chance of something like that happening. So I'm Rwandan American, so seeing um, the way that the Palestinian people have been dehumanized reminded me a lot of what happened to us in Rwanda. For Tutsi Rwandans, they called them cockroaches. So similarly for the Palestinian people, they're saying they're human animals. It's just a part of um, one of the stages of a genocide and ethnic cleansing is to dehumanize the people. Um, and justify killing them and justify um, wiping them off you know the planet so seeing a genocide like this happen again um, is really horrific and knowing that there's a way to stop it I, I do want to be a part of a movement to stop and end ethnic cleansing how do you feel sympathetic to children called in killed in, in Israel and not feeling sympathetic to the thousands of babies are being killed in, in uh, Gaza. Why does this make sense? So I came here to stand, to make a stand with everybody who's calling for justice. And yeah. also I'm coming here to, to ask for a peaceful resolution, not a war resolution. And the best peaceful resolution is to go to the root of the problem to solve it, not just bomb your way to peaceful resolution. You cannot bomb your way towards peace. Bomb means more people and more people will say the ugliness of your work and and terrorism is increased by injustice. When justice happens, terrorism will die, will have no fuel. The best way out of this is justice. Yeah. Justice, peace. No justice, no peace. What do you think justice will look like for the Palestinian people? For the Palestinian people? Mm -hmm. Give them their rights. Mm. Their ownership of their property, Mm -hmm. their country, their autonomy, and then you live with them. Either two countries or one country. That's it. But they're equal. 
an equal human being on both sides.